Hotel and you're listening to Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat. Hi everybody and welcome to the special interview of Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat. I am with one of the most talked about riding stars of the Irish and British independent wrestling scene, the whole shebang, Debbie Patel. Welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat, how are you? Good, thank you for having me. <laughs> very, very happy. So I'll start off how we start everybody off. Generic question, but it's a special answer for everybody. <laughs> and it's, um, why do you love wrestling and what actually inspires you to take up wrestling as a profession? Okay, so when I was growing up, uh, my dad had all these tapes. He used to go up to London and he'd come back with all these tapes. Kind of gradually just started watching. Like he was obsessed with Jake Snake and Roddy Roddy Piper. And I just kind of loved the character aspect of everything. Once I realized that I could actually watch this on TV, I like became hooked and I was obsessed with like Mankind and Goldust. I just loved characters. So like anytime like you'd have like the wrestlers on and I and I'd be just like, oh, whatever. And then the minute Goldust came on, I'd be like, oh my god, oh my god, everyone should have, everyone should have. <laughs> I was just kind of hypnotized by the whole thing. Yeah, I just kind of watched it like weekly and then I kind of fell off the wagon around like the John Cena period. It's like this is like a new era, it's like it's not edgy anymore, it's kind of, it just wasn't for me, I didn't really, I didn't follow it anymore. So then I kind of, you know, life goes on and I got a bit older and years went by and I actually was living in New York and I was working as a TV host and I got to meet all these cool celebrities and stuff like that and then I was asked did I want to go to like a signing and uh, you know get some uh, sound bites from that and I was like cool no worries so I'm looking at the lead set see who's here and next thing I scrolled in I'm like Mick Foley is here <laughs> what <laughs> so um, I was in the queue and I was like oh Mick do you mind if I get a sound bite and Noel was with him and just got chatting and like he was just asking me oh you seem to know a lot about wrestling have you ever thought about getting into yourself and I was just kind of like I, oh like I didn't know the options were ever there for me and I always thought it was like this thing that only like certain people could do and it was only something you could do in America and like you know I kind of squashed that dream quick when I was a kid um, and he was like no like this is a school in um, I think it's like Dublin or like somewhere just outside of Dublin and I'm pretty sure Finn Balor founded the school and I'm like no way and he's like yeah he's like Did you, do, you, do you have any regrets not ever like pursuing it and I was like I do, but I was like, I just think I'm too old now. Cause like, that's always been my thing. Like, you know, I left it too late kind of thing. And uh, he was like, not at all. Like, one of my like good friends, like Diamond Dallas Page, started when he was like 35, 36. So there's no reason why you couldn't. And then the seed was kind of planted. And then, like, living in New York, the independence in Brooklyn is huge. So I was like, okay, well, I'm here. I'm in, like, a wrestling capital. So why don't I, you know go down to a class and kind of just nip it in the bud. If it's for me, great. If it's not, well then, you know, I tried. So I looked up schools and I found House of Glory, which is run by Mikey Whipwreck. And uh, I was like, I'll go down. They were holding like tryouts and stuff like that. And like the minute I got down, I was just like, everyone is six foot tall. Everyone's a dude. <laughs> I don't think I belong here. And I just kind of let fear get in the way and I just kind of panicked and I was like, oh. So I just like benched myself and I was like, no, I'll just watch thanks. So like they got like, they were doing drills and bumps and rolls and stuff. And I just thought like, when you're older, being told to like, actually, do you know what? When you're 16 and someone says, do a flip, you're like, go, oh, yep, off the couch, yeah, on the floor, no problem. When you're older, like in your late 20s, like I am, when I started, like the thought of like flipping, like safety comes into mind and you just start like overthinking it. And you're like, I, I feel like I shouldn't be doing this, you know? <laughs> So there was that kind of like mental block. So I was just like, you know what, this isn't for me. 
So I kind of continued watching and then I was going to a couple of shows and then I called some house shows at WWE and I was like, I really, really like this. And then unfortunately my mom got really sick. So I had to move back to Ireland. And like while I was in New York, I kind of, in a weird way, I kind of accomplished everything I had set out to accomplish in the TV and film world. And I just kind of came to the conclusion that I don't want to live to work anymore. I want to work to live. And if I can pursue a dream as like big as moving to New York and working in film, then why not go see if I could be a wrestler? So I moved back to Galway in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, I need out of here. I need an escape. I need an outlet. So I looked up the school that McFoley told me about in New York. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to get the bus. I'm going to go and see how it is. And I'm going to make myself do it this time. So it took two buses, over eight hours of traveling to get there. And I remember pulling up outside the warehouse and I was like, I can't go in, I can't. Like, it was just like this thing that's like, no, you can't do this. And I just said, you know what, I'll just go in. And everyone was so lovely. Like I kind of, I came from a my kind of powerlifting background. So like a lot of the stuff kind of came easy to me, especially like the lifting and suplexing and stuff like that. And it, I just kind of fell in love with it. And then all of a sudden, every week I'm traveling eight hours just to go down and do four hours of training. And, you know, I'm not getting home till like two o'clock in the morning and I'm leaving at like half five in the morning. And like, eventually I was just like, I am hooked on this. So I started going up during the week and like missing work and stuff. And I was just like, I need to like make the move. If I think I can do this and I can like, you know, go all in on this, then I want to do it. So I ended up quitting my job, left everything and I moved across the country and I kind of had to start from scratch. But I finally got to train full time and I kind of was in the mindset of an athlete, a wrestler, and it kind of felt like it wasn't unrealistic anymore. So um, yeah, I've just kind of been doing it ever since. <laughs> I mean, that's actually quite an amazing story. Um, so what would actually be your advice to anyone that would actually want to take up wrestling? So, as you know, there's loads of wrestling schools inside of Glasgow and it's a big wrestling scene. So what would your advice be to people that want to maybe take it up? If there's like an ounce of you that wants to try it, wants to pursue it, then just go for it, don't wait. Because the worst thing you can do is put off something that you might be really good at because you lose those years. Like, I'm talking to 24 year olds that have 10 years wrestling experience and I turn 30 next month. So I don't, like, I feel like, not that time's running out, but I don't have 10, 15 years. Like, that means I'm 45, you know? So. If you want to do something, just do it. Right. Don't let like little things get in your head. Don't let people like turn you off. Just if you want to do something, just do it. Now, as I have already mentioned, there are plenty of wrestling schools up and down the country. It's like just three, three in Glasgow alone. So every school is different in how they train their talent. So, how would you describe the methods of training at uh, Fight Factory for Wrestling? So. Our training school would have had, um, our coaches would have trained with Zero One over in Japan. So we have like a mixture of like a British Japanese style. Like we're very focused on the fundamentals like squats, push ups, drills. Like if you can't squat or do a push up, like how do you expect to pick someone up or, you know, to bounce back from a bump? Like, you know, these are all the fundamentals that you need to pick up. So they're very focused on drilling all these things. So, um, yeah, there's definitely a combination of like a British kind of Japanese style. Alright. Well, that's actually really interesting, actually. Now, this is one question that we've actually now decided to include in our base questions. If you could go back in time, what advice would you give yourself ahead of your debut match? 
open your bloody mouth. <laughs> I, I see it all the time. I still do it myself. I'm very much guilty of it. You go out and expect to connect with a crowd without actually saying anything. And it's that, that whole thing where you go out and you know, you're geeing up the crowd but you're not saying anything. You suddenly become this mime and you're like, why is the crowd not understanding what I'm doing? And it's like, because you have not opened your mouth. And you get backstage and you're like, yeah, I think that was a really good match. And then they're like, what the hell is that? You just didn't say anything. Like, I remember one time I opened my mouth and nothing came out. So I actually mimed words. I was like saying, come on, but I'm not saying, come on. I was just mouthing. <laughs> ridiculous not enjoying it because I put so much pressure on myself like at the end of the day it was a gym show in front of 150 people all friends and family all people that care about us you know there was no need to be that nervous to put that pressure to go out and have like a five-star match in front of your friends like you know so I think if you're having a debut match do the basics keep it simple and you know just have fun I think so many people forget to have fun when they have a match. Yeah. So that's actually really, really good to hear because like, I know a lot of people that are either training right now or they're coming up for the debuts as well. So hopefully getting different advice from people will really help them. Yeah, definitely. Like, And if you're just getting into wrestling, like the whole like know when to keep your mouth shut and listen you know the respect thing is huge like if you respect someone they'll respect you back like know when to keep your mouth shut and know when to bite your tongue because you're going to have to do that a lot <laughs> <laughs> now do you have actually any idols or people that have influenced your in-ring style yeah so i grew up obsessed with X-Pac, just absolutely obsessed with X-Pac. I loved China and I loved the Laundry Blaze, so I kind of, and like the likes of Goldust and Mankind, pretty much any character there was, like Chris Jericho, like the Attitude Era, like just had such a huge influence on my style. And like, even when I did my initial kind of gimmick, it was all aimed at the 90s, like everything was the moves that I had, like everything I did was all like a nod to that era. I like even mixing things up now, like I really do take a lot of influence from the likes of Luna and Goldust, that kind of, you know, dark kind of sly style. Yeah, that's actually pretty cool. I mean, they're all really big characters as well, so hell yeah. <laughs> now, what would you say is your biggest or your best accomplishment so far? Um, I'd have to say probably um, going to Japan and get to wrestle for the likes of Emi Sakura. I was lucky enough to be in the right place at the right time. L literally every success story I have is because I was in the right place at the right time. It was never an opportunity. I just happened to be there at the time. And like that's kind of how like I've kind of winged it up until now. Like I've just like that. Like I've just been there at the right time when something's come up. And I just happened to be in London. It was the day after Wrestle Queendom. And um, I was training at Eve in Bethel Green with Greg Burridge and Rhea O'Reilly. And the next thing, Mika Satamura and Emi Sakura walked into the room and I'm just like, oh my god. Emi Sakura is like a huge idol of mine. And she came over to me, we were like doing strikes and like she helped me clean up a lot of stuff. But she pulled me aside and she was like, if you ever find yourself in Japan, I would love to work with you, I'd love to train you. And I was just like, oh my God, that's amazing. Yes, I would love that. And then I just thought it was just one of those things like, oh yeah, it, one day it might happen. But I'm a firm believer in if you want something to happen, you know, you have to go out there and get it. You have to go out and seek it for yourself. 
So I put the word out that I wanted to go to Japan and like the next thing I'm on a plane, I kept it secret. I didn't want anyone to know. The only time I let the cat out of the bag is when I actually posted about having a training session with Amy Sakura and everyone was like, wait, is she in Japan? <laughs> I just, I didn't want anyone to take it away from me because I didn't want anyone to claim like my success. I wanted to like pat myself on the back as opposed to like someone put me forward, you know, that kind of way. So I'm very, very grateful for the likes of Dan Reed and Emily Reed for like putting me forward and like pushing me and stuff like that. Like there's amazing support from the E-Pressing Academy. And um, yeah, like I went over to train. I had no idea that I didn't get a chance to wrestle. Like the number one rule when you go away, even if it's for a weekend in London or like a holiday or whatever, is to bring you here. So I went for my first training session and it was one-on-one -on -one with Emmy and I was like, oh my God, this is going to be so intense. <laughs> and um, she asked me straight away, like, let's not work on the stuff you're good at. Let's work on the stuff you're not good at and let's see if we can go home with something new. And I said, I've always wanted to do like a Joshi run and drop kick and have it look flawless. And she just pulled out the crash mat and she was just like, let's go. So I did 150 drop kicks in a row until I nailed it. And she kept calling me an Irish frog because <laughs> I'd go to do it and my legs would just go like really wide. She'd be like, no, feet together, feet together. I'm like, okay. And then eventually I got it. She was like, stop, you have it. We're not going to do this anymore. I was like, cool. And uh, I got home that night from training and she messaged me asking me if I had a costume with me. And I was like, I don't want to like, be like straight away, yeah, yeah, I have a costume with guy. <laughs> so um, I was like, um, yeah, I think I can like, you know, put something together. <laughs> She was like, you're on the show tomorrow. Um, one condition, you have to do that drop kick. I was like, no problem. So, um, yeah, like it was an incredible experience. Like, And then I ended up doing that match and then going on tour with them for the rest of the time I was there. And like, I got to train with Kaz Tamora, who runs Heat Up uh, Dojo. And he's just a, like the knowledge that man has. And like, got to work alongside a lot of the DDT guys as well. And they come in and, you know, listen to what I was trying to put together for my match and they'd advise on what to do and what not to do and stuff like that so it was like really really helpful so when I came home I just felt like I felt like I had a new kind of confidence so yeah that was probably that and obviously becoming the internet champion for fierce females oh yeah like I think everyone like when you're a kid everyone dreams of like you know oh I want to be a champion and then like when it actually happens you're like it's not even the fact that you have a title it's the fact that someone is pushing you someone's handing you the ball and like you're the guy like I'm gonna push you so that was uh, an incredible feeling well see now that you just mentioned it you actually at the last show at dark you defeated Danny Hunter now this came about at the night before in Lennox Town you were against Jayla Dark who is the current Fierce Females champion yep. and you actually beat her earning your title opportunity at Fierce Females the next good night so you basically just answered my question because you did become the new champ <laughs> that night but explain your emotions knowing that you've made such a huge impact in such a short time at Fierce Females. It's kind of like overwhelming because when I was initially brought in, I thought like, wow, if someone's throwing me the ball, they can give me, bring me outside of Ireland because like people not, may not realise it's very hard to be brought in, like especially when you're coming from Ireland. So like to get outside of your own country and wrestle is like an amazing, amazing opportunity. So when I did win the title, I was just kind of overwhelmed and I remember walking backstage and just feeling this like rush of emotions because, you know, like it wasn't the title or like it was the fact that someone trusted me enough to put that on me and it kind of made 
like all those eight hour journeys like you know leaving my family my friends like moving up and leaving to another part of the country kind of made all of that like worthwhile and that all just kind of hit me at once when I walked backstage and Mikey Whiplash is standing beside me and I'm like don't cry <laughs> don't cry <laughs> and he's just looking at me like you're right <laughs> I'm just like yeah fine <laughs> fine <laughs> yeah so yeah like it's an incredible opportunity and I'm, I'm really happy to be working for a few students yeah now we'll take us we we step back just because it's already you already mentioned winning the championship but OTT is kind of your home at the moment now, there's been a sort of change of direction for you, where you seem to have had some problems with your then tag partner, Amy. Mm-hmm. Can you explain what happened, basically? So, basically, you know, I was kind of, I was like the number one baby face, and like I was on every contender show, I was on every poster. And then like all of a sudden, I was on the posters, but I wasn't on the shows. And I just kind of thought like, what have I done wrong? Like, what's wrong with me? And like this whole time, you know, I'm just doubting myself and I'm starting to get really insecure and I'm starting to wonder, like, you know, maybe I can't do this. Maybe I'm not meant to do this, like, because it's a tough game, like, so you have to have thick skin. But then, out of nowhere, I'm on the poster and Amy Alonzi's being used and, like, it's like I've just been popped to the bins, like, I don't matter anymore. And I just thought, like, I put so much work into building contenders and now you're not even going to use me. So next thing we're at, we get partnered together and I just thought this is a really odd pairing but okay and then I remember one particular show it was the Defiant show and I walked out with Amy Alonzi and it was her first time in the Tivoli and like I was really really happy for her she walked out there and got a huge round of applause and I walked out to silence and I just thought like what happened like why am I suddenly the bad guy and then I just thought do you know what why should I bother investing if they're not going to invest in me so like I had to turn things around like because now they're paying attention, you know? I mean, that's definitely one way to put it, because I know that you have said that she's been sitting behind the merit table and you're the ones that's been putting in the hard work. So there is, you can see where you're coming from. And I, in my opinion, completely unbiased. I don't think you're the bad person at all. So. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, but we'll bring it back to Fierce Females, actually, at the moment. So we've already talked about you being the internet champion, but what kind of champion do you see do you see yourself being? I want to be a fighting champion because did anyone know that Danny Hunter had that title? I'll be honest, I didn't know how she had it. I didn't even know that title existed. You know what I mean? I want to be a fighting champion. That title elevated me and gave me opportunities that I couldn't even imagine. Like nobody would know who I am, I'd say, in the UK only for me having that title. So now that that title's elevated me, I'm going to elevate that title and I'm going to make sure that it's the most sought after title in Scotland. Now everybody knows that there's an internet champion. Now everyone's going to want that belt. I want the best competition. I'm going to put that belt on the map. Well, that's really great to see because you haven't actually spent that long at Fierce Females. I think you've only done, this will be like maybe your third show, I think it is, if I'm correct. Yep. At Sweet 16, you faced Joe Now, I think the question on everybody's mind is, did you expect that penny punch? No. <laughs> Hurt as well. You know, to be honest, like bringing balloons or pennies, whatever you want to call them, into matches, like that's an illegal weapon. Like, why don't I bring in a cigarette and just punch her in the face with a cigarette? Like, why can't I bring in objects and, you know, say it's part of my shtick and start using them as weapons? I mean, technically, you know, she broke the rules. She shouldn't be allowed to bring that balloon into the ring. But look, here we are. Well, see, at this time of recording, we are just heading in to be your own hero, which, funny enough, you're facing Joki again. But this time, it's for the championship. 
Now, what would be your preparations heading into this match, knowing the fact that she does have that balloon? You can't trust clowns because they'll pull something out of their sleeves. Well, clowns are terrified. Yeah, so yes. I am absolutely terrified of clowns. My aim is to avoid the ropes because she has these twerking submissions that she likes to wrap you up into the ropes. The minute if Penny makes an appearance, I will get a knife and I will pop that balloon and it will be the pop of the night. That balloon is not coming near my face. My face is costing up. Thank you very much. <laughs> Another debut you're actually making is going to be in the capital of Scotland at Discovery where you're taking part in the all-women's disco derby. Now this is the first time ever event and everyone knows I love a first time ever. Um, but you were actually one of the first competitors announced. So what's actually your thoughts about heading to a brand new uh, promotion? for a first event. Um, obviously nerves and excitement, you know. I'm really excited to debut for Discovery. My intentions are to leave a mark, whatever happens. So if I walk out champion, unbelievable, amazing, delighted. If I don't, I guarantee I'll leave a mark and I'll be brought back. So whether I walk out as champion or I'm brought back to face Sammy Jane again, we'll see. See, like you said, the current Discovery Women's Champion is actually Sammy Jane. You're incredibly familiar with her in the time that she's worked over at OTT as well. Now, the odds are actually incredibly stacked against her. It's her against 14 other women in what is in terms of Royal Rumble match. How do you plan on maybe overcoming the other women and Sammy Jane as well like in the aim to maybe walk out as champion? See, I'm no stranger to a lot of these women. So I've wrestled Seshamont Martina on numerous occasions. All i got to do is make sure i got a can in there to distract her. <laughs> I've wrestled the likes of Lana Austin. I just gotta avoid those punches. I've been in several, several competitive matches with Raven Creed. I know exactly what she's capable of. As I said, I'm just gonna walk in there and make sure that I leave a mark and make sure that whatever happens, I stay strong. Yeah. See, a lot of the women that's actually taking part in the women's physical derby are actually going to be fierce females. I take it you'll be keeping an eye on them as well. To oh, sort of a very, very close eye. I'll be taking yeah. notes. Yeah, because you've got the likes, you've got Angel Hayes, you've got Ashley Vega, and you're probably no stranger to Emily Hayden as well, so they're the three that's going to be there as well. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for it. I can't <laughs> wait for it. It's going, be, it's going to be great. Now, in terms of wrestling careers, you've accomplished so much in such a little time, because you debuted like less than two years ago. Yeah. So what's next for you? I mean, like, everything up until this point, as I said, was kind of, you know, a fluke or, you know, I was in the right place at the right time. I try and not plan too far ahead because I feel like you're almost setting yourself up for failure. So I set myself small goals and like it's only February and I have accomplished my goals for the year. So now everything's a bonus. So like I got, got to debut with Red Pro, which is one of the promotions yeah. I was, you know, dying to work for. Finally got to wrestle the likes of Chardonnay, Sam Phoenix. I've wrestled Rio O'Reilly now several occasions, Casey Owens, Lana Austin, like right now I just want to get the reps in and become the best all-round wrestler that Ireland has ever produced. Mm -hmm. Right, now that's come to the end of my base questions, the ones that I have actually told you about now. <laughs> in true Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet style fashion, we end on quick fire questions which I want the first answer that comes to your head. <laughs> and I'm so bad at lightning rounds. <laughs> I do apologise for one of them. <laughs> so I'll start, I'll start you off easy, okay. or hopefully. Uh, Rock or Austin? Austin. Trish or Lita? Trish. Night in or night out? Night in. Cody or Omega? Omega. Xbox or PS4? Xbox. Your favourite wrestler of all time? Xbox. Your favourite wrestling pay-per-view? No Mercy, 2002. Right, I do apologise. 
Kitty Harbour of Opry. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> Obviously Valkyrie. Obviously. Uh, I'm going to be even mean. Okay. I'm going to be extra mean. Gold dust and McCauley. <laughs> I'm going to say gold dust. <laughs> yeah. Uh, your favourite tag team of all time? My favourite tag team of all time, DX. Thank you. Uh, your dream opponent? Maybe one that you've not already wrestled or someone that you've already wrestled? My dream opponent would probably be Tony Storm. Favourite venue you've wrestled at? I'm going to go ahead and say The Shed because the atmosphere is amazing. <laughs> Oh, you'll be happy that's the end of the quick fires. <laughs> um, but I want to thank you for taking the time out to join me today. No problem at all. Um, you can catch Debbie in action on the 3rd of March at the first ever All Women's Disco Derby over in Edinburgh at the Jam House. You can get tickets at shop.discoverywrestling.com. They are selling extremely quickly, so I would get on it as quickly as you can. And Debbie, thank you so much. No problem, thanks for having me. Cheers. Listen, cunts, I don't care what the f- you think you're doing, whatever you think is more important with your life, you honking bag of d- tips. You know what you should be doing? You should be going online, you should be subscribing, you should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, whatever the f*** you're doing, that's what you should be doing. I don't care if it's your mum's birthday, I don't care if she's feeling contractions, get on it right now!